Yeah. I love my HBCU. And boy, I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU. And man, I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. Yeah, man. I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouth. But if they won, keep tab. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, yeah. he know what he be talking about. Talkin Mike about. and Charles, Talk. they know what they be talking about. Yeah. Talkin they about. compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot yeah. And who the ball, ball. So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes, and pay attention, boy. cause he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Cavill with Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. We'll get into this a little bit here. I want to say welcome to episode 444 of Inside the HBC Sports Lab radio show and podcast. The show that's covering the sporting HBCU dash for all things HBC sports. For institutions large and small, from the NAIA to the NCAA, we share insights and information on HBC sports culture, HBCU athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBC athletic programs and the business of HBC. Sports. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Kabil, along with my co-host, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, coming from our home studios and sending a signal live to our KCH Tate 30 a.m. studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Famer, multi-Hall of Famer Ralph Cooper. Shout out to Ralph Cooper with the squat shirt on from T2 Tickets today as he was doing a broadcast uh, today talking about the Astros and the success. A lot of folks had the Astro gears on. He had his swag gear on. Shout out to Ralph, making sure he uh, makes that statement. You know he's going to do it his way. In the beautiful home of Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. With that being said, Mike, how you doing today? Uh, I'm good, Doc. What's going on? What's new? It's Thursday. The weather's beautiful. When we midway through the football season, couldn't be much better. Beautiful. And go, go Astros. We got the Battle of Texas. <laughs> yeah, Charles like the Astros, but he's a little nervous with the Atlanta Braves right now. <laughs> I, I am. I am. I'm super nervous with the it, Braves. I, I knew been. that was going to be a rough matchup with the Phillies. I knew it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. I agree with Tony with that. You knew they're going in at different fighting level. The other thing that is troubling is the teams that have finished with hunt wins on the season have been falling like flies. So, you like, that doesn't help you. Uh, with the motion of the year. With that being said, Charles, how you doing? Doing well, Doc. It's homecoming. We're in the midst of homecoming season. So uh, shout out to all my friends and family coming into Jackson this weekend for homecoming. So, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to uh, everybody enjoying themselves in Jackson this weekend. Jackson has yeah, a big homecoming game in Alabama State this weekend. Good stuff. With that being said, let's get into some of the news today. Kind of touched on it on Tuesday. Uh, with Voorhees, but looks like we got more information coming in terms of the GCAC. Kind of teased this a little bit out as well on Tuesday, but now yeah, with passing the embargo, we can get it out to the people. Starting with you, Mike, what are your thoughts in terms of what's taking place? Oh, my goodness. You're talking <laughs> holy, holy, holy conference expansion <laughs> uh, with those two. <laughs> holy in- increasing footprint. Uh, increasing opportunities to have more spring sports, such as softball, um, uh, 
the ability to, to uh, garner more TV scholarships. I think this is big for the GCAC adding Stillman and Voorhees. So another hats off to the GCAC, Dr. Kiki Barnes and the direction they're headed. But I, I'm, I saw that thing come across my wire and I was like upset. I was like, I wish I'd have been in the know, been in that small, that small flying room to hear all the factors, the business factors that went into this decision. But nothing but excitement with the addition of uh, Stillman and Voorhees with the possibilities. Yeah, good points, good points there, Charles. Uh, Mike talked about Stillman announcement today. Obviously, start out this yesterday with Voorhees, and then on Tuesday in terms of. Uh, Wilberforce, what were your thoughts in terms of how they rolled this out? You know, purposely, obviously, you could tell stair step with the school of the day so <laughs> they could get their own independent love and showcase. And then you uh, cap, you know, magnify everything with the announcement today in regards to not only was Stillman coming back to the GCAC, which is a statement in itself, but also the fact that they'll be hosting the basketball tournament next year in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, it was like a slow buildup, and uh, it kind of reminded me of drum roll. Drum roll, please. And so you had the first announcement, then you had the next wave, and then you had the, the capstone today. So uh, I take my hat off uh, to Dr. Kiki Baker-Barnes, uh, GCAC. I mean, the, the upward expansion was tremendous. And I think, you know, one of the things that jumped out at me was the, the statement from uh, Terrence Willow, uh, the uh, uh, director of athletics and still. Uh, and as something that you've touched on, I was like, wow, he must have really been sitting in Doc's class because he talked about the athletic footprint, the geographic location, institutional values, academic standards, historical lineage, all aligned with uh, GCAC. And it, I just, that jumped out for me. So, uh, you know, that that was, uh, you know, I was like, oh, wow, that's, that's those are touchstones that I've heard within class. So. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. I'm taking a class and getting some cheap clothes from the show. Uh, maybe we think a little bit too much of ourselves, but hey, we'll, we'll dream on and put it out there. With that being said, we might have a little video to play in terms of the actual announcement with the band and Stillman and with the full gym. Everybody's excited about it, so we, we can play that now. Or we can play that in a little bit. We'll get back into it. Let me go back to you, Charles, in terms of some of the players of the week. Let's jump into that. Uh, in terms of that announcement. We'll come back with that later. Sure thing. Let's take a look at the SWAC uh, Weekly Football Honors of SWAC. His name Florida A&M's Jeremy Musa, Alabama State's Colton Adams, and Jayton John, along with Jackson State's Irv Mulligan, uh, as his SWAC Football Players of the Week with their impressive performance during this game's play this past weekend. Let's take a look at Jeremy Musa. He completed 31 passes for 325 yards and two touchdowns and FAMU's big 26-19 win over Southern. On the defensive side, Colton, Bubba Adams, he recorded double-figure tackles for the fourth time, Doc, in five games this season as Alabama State defeated Bethune Cookman. He contributed 13 total sacks, 13 total tackles, I should say, highlighted by six solo stops, a sack, and two tackles for a loss. He also blocked the field goal for, for extra to get, get swag uh, defensive player of the week. A specialist, Jaden John, also from uh, Alabama State. Uh, he kicked two 24-yard field goals in Alabama State's 19-14 win over Bethune Cookman. His fourth quarter field goal put the Hornets ahead by a score of 19-14 uh, with 14-20 left. And the newcomer of the week is Irv Mulligan from Jackson State. He contributed 23 carries for 115 yards, along with a long run of 24 yards to help lead Jackson State to a 45-30 win over Alabama AM. 
in the Gulf Coast Challenge. Those are your SWAC football players of the week. Nice stuff. Shout out to the SWAC football players of the week. Mike, let's go to you and give some love to the MEAC. What did the MEAC well, players of the week look like? Well, we can't slight the MEAC, but let's start with the MEAC players of the week. First, <laughs> let's start off with North Carolina Central quarterback Davis Richard. Big surprise. He was named uh, MEAC Offense Player of the Week, presented by Coca-Cola, of course. Then we had Howard defensive back Carson Hinton, who earned Defensive Player of the Week honors, and North Carolina Central's uh, Torricelli Simpkins, not the first, not the second, but the third. That's Simpkins the third, who received Offensive Lineman of the Week accolades. So it starts off with uh, Mr. Davis Richard, the 6'3 quarterback, amassed 285 yards of total offense and recorded four TDs in uh, their road win over Norman 25 Elon. He averaged uh, almost 10.5 yards per carry with 114 rushing yards and three touchdowns on 11 carries while completing 21 of 35 passes for 171 yards. A nice solid day for the QB. Then we had Mr. Anthony registered a game high eight tackles, six solo, including two tackles uh, <clears throat> for a loss of 15 yards against Northwestern. Uh, and then again, Mr. Simpkins the third. That's Torricelli Simpkins the third. Offensive lineman, six four type, uh, recording a uh, blocking grade of 85% for all assignments with three pancake blocks. Besides the kill, in uh, volleyball, that pancake blocks the hat stat is one of my favorite stats. Anyway, I I digress. As he anchored the Eagles' uh, offensive line that accounted for 378 yards of top uh, total offense. So congratulations to those uh, three, three or four individuals. Other top performers, Eden James from Howard, rushed for 177 yards on 121 carries, plus one TD, one, one in the payday. So... Uh, congratulations to the MEAC Players of the Week. Good stuff. You talk about pancake and kills. Uh, we did the pancakes. Let's do the kills in volleyball, Charles. What do you got? No, no doubt. SWAC announced their weekly volleyball honors. The SWAC has named Alabama State's Jada Rose and Madison Beasley, along with Florida A&M's Brooke Hudson and Yanni Sanford as their SWAC Volleyball uh, Weekly Honors for their impressive performances this past week of conference play. Let's take a look at the offensive uh, play of the week. Jada Rose, she recorded double-digit kills in all three Alabama State matches at the SWAC Cluster uh, this past week, uh, finishing with 49 total kills for the week. She finished with a season-high 22 kills against Prairie View A&M while hitting uh, 34%. Wow. Defensive player of the week is Madison Hudson. Madison Beasley, I should say. I'm sorry. That's the setter of the week. Uh, Beasley finished with 96 total assists over the weekend, averaging 8.72 assists per set. She recorded a career-high 50 assists against Prairie View and added 27 assists against Texas Southern and 19 assists against Southern. Brooke Hudson, fan news, Brooke Hudson. She was the defensive player of the week, recorded at least 20 digs in all three matches at the Sweat Cluster this past weekend, highlighted by season-high 34 in the Rattlers' win over Southern. She finished... The SWAT cluster would get this, Doc, 86 digs and 14 sets of play. Newcomer of the week is Sanford. She recorded 10-plus kills in all three matches at the SWAT cluster this past weekend. She tallied a season-high 17 kills against Texas Southern and a match-high 16 kills versus Prairie View. So those are your SWAT volleyball players of the week. 
Man, impressive, impressive. Shout out to the swag ladies. Mike, yeah, I guess I, you don't have I, to do, the, do this for the MEAC men and, and, and MEAC women. Yeah, but I, I, just, I just want to say point of order. Who's number one in the swacking kills? Tylee Owens from the Hill. Fairview <laughs> Number one in kills. <laughs> My stat. Anyway, Matt, uh, MEAC also announced its weekly <laughs> volleyball honors. Uh, Maryland Eastern Shore Jr., uh, Randy uh, uh, Griggs was named the uh, MEAC Player of the Week, presented by Coca-Cola again. Can't forget that. Delaware State's Ella, uh, Ella Sanders was named Rookie of the Week. And Coppin State's senior, Andrea Svetnova, was named Sever of the Week. Coppin State sophomore Layla Ibrahim was, uh, earned Defensive Player of the Week honors, respectively. Now, Ms. Griggs, of course, averaged 3.67 kills per set. Not bad stats. 33 and 59 attempts over nine sets played last week. She led all players with a season high 19 kills in the five set win over North Carolina central uh, while also adding a service ace, two blocks, two digs. I repeat service ace, two blocks and two digs. She recorded 14 kills in four sets hitting uh point uh, just 21% along with three blocks, one dig and a win over South Carolina state. Now, of course, uh, Delaware State's Alice Sanders averaged 2.83 kills, uh, 0.83 aces, 1.83 digs per, per set to aid Delaware State to a 2-0 finish uh, last week. She hit an impressive 55, uh, 0.556 with a match, ki- match high of 11 kills, along with two aces, two digs, and a win against South Carolina State. Sanders led Delaware State with nine digs and three service aces to go along with the six kills. And then Svetanova uh, recorded a match-high 37 assists. That's big. 12.33 average. I think that's tops in the MEACs. With two kills, three digs, one block, and two aces in the win over Norfolk State that gave Coppin State sole possession of first in the MEAC standing. She also averaged 11.33 in assists, <clears throat> 34 total, and a win over Howard for, for the week. Spetanova racked up 71 assists, two kills, two aces, two blocks, seven digs, a Frenchie's three-piece with hot sauce and the Frenchie fries to, to, to go on top. <laughs> Those are your MEAC volleyball <laughs> players of the week. Hey, you get you get player of the week honors for keep saying uh, Spetanova. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> did a great job on that. You got me hungry, ready to go to Frenchie's, too. I might <laughs> Over there afterwards, that got me thinking about it. Let me give these swag announcements honors for the soccer side of things. Southwestern Athletic Conference's tab, Bramlin State's Carolyn Judge, Naia Vialba, I should say, Madison Corey Taylor, along with Jackson's Kendall Terrell uh, of SWAC Soccer Weekly Honors for their outstanding performance during the past week. Judge contributed a stellar week for Gramlin this past week as she helped the Tigers remain unbeaten in the league play. She scored two goals during the week, including a long goal in the Tigers' 1-0 victory for all four. She's playing some good stuff. Co-offensive player Terrell scored two goals for the Lady Tigers this past week as JSU remained unbeaten in the conference play as well. Defensively, the Alva played a complete game during GC Grand State's 2-1 win over Louisiana Tech. Check that out. The first in school history, she also helped GSU secure a shutout victory 
uh, over the Braves with her exceptional play defensively. Goalkeeper Kobe Taylor assisted the Tigers in defeating Louisiana Tech, Mississippi Valley State, Alcorn State this past week. She played 225 minutes in goal, contributing 11 saves, and surrendered just one goal in those three matchups. Shout out to the SWAC women players of the week as they got it going on. With that being said, shout out to the lab listeners. Shout out to A.D. Drew dropping some of their knowledge in terms of GCAC. He talked about it early, and every day we get announced, he's like, they not done. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> shout out to him. Shout out to my business partner over there as well in the East Coast, Bill Parker. Checking us out. Appreciate the love. With that being said, we'll give some shout out to the lab listeners as they continue to check us out. Uh, as we go on the break, play a little bit of the Steelman announced with GCAC with the band there excited with the fans in there. And then we'll come back on the other side after the commercial in this play as well. Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember they can use less. Sweet pillows of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Oh, excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back, everybody. <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? At CDW, we get speed as the new currency of success. Our team spends way too much time tending to outdated applications and software when they should be focused on driving application agility and innovation. CDW Amplify Development Services modernizes software and application development to help accelerate innovation and digital transformation. So you mean building new applications, UI, and mobile interfaces? Well, you said you needed to innovate more quickly. Oh, so he's a listener. To do more at scale, trust CDW Amplify Development Services. Nope. Nope. Want him? Ooh, I like him. Quick! The quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker. And each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna lock, lock, and who the ball, ball, So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes, and pay attention, cause he gon'. This is Dr. Ville inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Let's get into the mid-major marching sport band releases today. Should be interesting. We got a big matchup on ESPN. According to um, the marching band championship, it'll be a top 10 matchup. We'll see if it matches what we got going on here. With that being said, we do have one band that is 
dropping out. Talladega, shout out to them. Want to give them some love, but unfortunately, they just don't have a lot of matchups. It's coming to that end where they are actually dropping out of the poles. You saw a slow slide as things transition in that way, but receiving votes. Kentucky State, Mighty Marching, Thoroughbreds are 1-0. Fayetteville State Marching, Bronco Express got a big victory. Conference victory this past weekend as they showed out. Savannah State, Powerhouse of the South, 1-1 one one on the season. Uh, as they were in action, they are outside looking in at 89. Let's get in the top seven. The new band to the top seven comes in at number seven. Albany State Golden Rams, marching mm. showdown. One and zero in the season. One and zero in terms of the conference race. Have an intriguing matchup. If they bring the band, they have one this week. We'll see what this looks like. Hundred five points, not ranked. They jump in the top five. Big change here. Number six, Benedict Marching Tiger Bands, a distinction. One and zero. They fall three spots. Hundred five points. The football team came on the road to Miles, got it done. They had a chance to have a great matchup, top seven matchup with the band. Miles, and unfortunately, they did not get on the road to do their duty, support their team, get it done, particularly this year. So it hurt them as they fall this week uh, at spot number six. They were previously ranked two, as you see that. At number five, Atlanta Mighty Marching Panther Bands. Uh, they remain at five, but it'll be interesting to see if they can maintain that. They have a couple of chances, too, to get on the road, get into the mix. We'll see what it looks like there. Number four, Winston-Salem State, the Red Sea of Sound, 2-1, 1-0, 117 points. They remain at number four. But jumping up is number three, the Virginia State Trojan Explosion, 2-1. After their win and matchup, they even get a first-place vote, 133 points. They move up four spots from number seven this past weekend. They've been in action the last couple of weeks and showing out as they're doing it. Number two, Miles Purple Marching Machine, 2-1, and 1-0. Three first-place votes, 141 points. Uh, two first-place votes. They were at home, so I don't put a lot of, on them. If they don't get on the road, I'll, I'll talk about them. But they've traveled quite a bit already this year. Let's see if they continue to get it done. Credit to what they're going on, and they're at number two. Bringing us to Langston Marching Pride, 2-0, and 1-0, and four first-place votes, 142 points. They continue to stay at number one, getting it done. But I'm sure that they'll probably be dropping if other folks have more competition. It's not likely that they'll have a chance to get theirs on. With that being said, let me go to you first, Charles. What are your thoughts in terms of the mid-major division, top seven programs, uh, new one in there with Albany, Golden Rams marching show? What are your thoughts this week in week number six for the HBC mid-major marching sport? Top bands, top seven pole rankings. Mm. Yeah, shout out to my sister uh, checking in tonight. Uh, She's keeping a, 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 a close eye on Virginia State. We might we might have one in the family looking at Virginia State. All right, nephew. Uh, shout out to my nephew up there in Virginia. Uh, Trojan Explosion. Uh, nice. Let me, let me see. Let me see some, some teams that you are on the radar because your football teams are very good. Albany State, Miles, Virginia Union, Fort Valley, Tuskegee, Virginia State, and Benedict. Got to put your bands on the road if you got something on the road. I want to see, you know, some 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 battles going down the stretch. Your teams are all in the top tier, top seven of HBCU mid-majors. Got to get those bands out there to support the team, period, point blank. And they have big-time matchups, Charles. 
I mean, yeah. it's, it's not like you just sitting on the map. You got a reason to get there. And they're going to be playing some fierce competitions. So you're talking about doubling down. One, to show out your showcase, your march of sport, but then to support the band, which ultimately could give you a chance to have an excellent event in terms of the championship weekend. Yeah. And with all that lined up, you can find yourself in Atlanta on Friday. So this is for a lot in regards I- to how you can really – take the next step to get your band out there. So I love the points you made on that. Mike, eyeballs on in terms of good stuff. What'd you say, Charles? I said the eyeballs will be on you. <laughs> you know when the eyes on you, you better show up. <laughs> you better show up. Yeah. Mike, what are your thoughts in terms of the top seven in week number six? Mid-major. Doc, you know I love you, right? You know I love you, right? <laughs> You, yes, you do. Yes. You do know Uh-oh. this, right? <laughs> I, I do. This was I don't, pain. Pain I don't agree. I don't agree with this poll at all. <laughs> you got you got Tuskegee, Virginia State, Albany at the bottom. Not it, but I understand why it's right because of your little thing. They got to they got to perform that week. That little stat right there. But if we're talking musicianship, volume, and other factors. Uh, I'm thinking Tuskegee, Fort Valley, Albany. I'm thinking Virginia State. I'll be up there. So I can't. I don't know why Langston's number one, but uh, I understand they're on the road. They take their band. They perform. I get it. I just don't agree with it. <laughs> uh, see, that, that's what happens when you are the one of the most popular individuals on campus at Prairie View University, particularly in your class. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? He come in there and just started uh-huh. stuff. He's an engineer, <laughs> smart, helping folks with calculus and studying. Then he happens. At that time, I can literally say this. He pledged. I mean, they walked the yard. This is when it was legal. He was the eighth. They come out there, you know, doing his thing. He's he stepmaster. See, when you're popular, you like that. You you don't want no competition. You know what I'm saying? You don't bleed if there got to be competition. I come along into the fraternity. You know, I believe the work. I need some competition. Mike was like, watch out, son. I'm here. <laughs> now he wants to transition this to the band. I, 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 no, we're not doing it. We're not doing it. You had your day. You had your day. It's fine. We ain't talking about competition, buddy. This is where I win. Competition. <laughs> 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 but that means that we're going to go to our next break, come back on the other side and talk about some more competition. On the football field, the mid-major matchups of the week. See what Mike has to say about that. See if he don't want the game to be played. Talk about, hey, let's pick somebody to win. Stick with us. Be right back at his break. <laughs> Tight spot. Watch this. Of course your view works itself. That's so you. It's just up here on the right. Of course you know where we're going. That's so you. Kind of got a sixth sense. And a head-up display. They're here. Hit the field, warm up. You brought all these players in your Buick? Yeah. So you. It is. There's a Buick that fits your life. Because at the heart of every Buick SUV is you. If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is always Ultra Thins reinvented with the always triple protection system. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster. Absorbs even more so you can feel dry. And locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort. 
but the totally reinvented Always Altered is. This is always like never before. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk, chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. Them belly full, but we hungry. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Oh, we've got a Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992. Or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Authentic Caribbean cuisine. Compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love that and who the ball. So listen to Professor Yes Sir and pay attention because he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Mills inside the HBC Sports Lab. Before we get into the uh, games of the week, Mike said he had a point of privilege. So yeah, I want, I want to address. I want to address Raymond, a.k.a. Mr. J-Boom Holly, that little spot in the chat where you said Mike don't know nothing about bands. Well, Mr. J-Boom Holly, Mr. Band alumni from Prairie View A&M, Mr. Former Band member, what are your Panthers going to do when they go on the road to fam? Are they going? Guess where they going in the polls? Down, down, down. <laughs> oh, man. You former drum major? He all in. He all in. Have some alumni association. Bo, you better write the check. You better write the check. Gotta make yeah. them storm and tell her. Yeah. You better pull from that fun, Mr. G Boom Holly. <laughs> this is good. This is good. Let's get into the CIAA mid-major division matchup of the week. We're gonna talk about Fayetteville State. They've creeped into uh, just outside of the top seven. If I looked at my indicator, they'd be at nine nine in terms of their overall strength at this part in week number six. Uh, at number 19, you have Livingston Blue Bears. So Fayetteville, North Carolina, Luther Nick Gerald Stadium, faculty and staff appreciation, Saturday, October 14th at 1 p.m. You have Livingston Blue Bears, two and four on the season, two and two, at Fayetteville State Broncos that are four and two, four and oh overall. Sticking with you, Mike. What are your thoughts in terms of the CIAA matchup between Fayetteville State and Livingston Blue Bear? Uh, well, it's a Fayetteville State win. <laughs> Here's why. <laughs> Livingston, they're they about the same in terms of total offense, what they put putting out. I mean, you look at it, they're about ninth or 10th. They're both putting up, uh, what, uh, six, 15, 16 points a piece a game. Yeah. But, yeah. but Livingstone's allowing 32 points a game on average. They're dead last in the conference. Fayetteville State's not doing too bad, but they, they're second. They're at least allowing 14, so they're at least making a battle of it. And then you look at uh, the, the scoring differential and their past like five or six games. It's not impressive, but it's better than Livingstone. So I do give the edge uh, to um, – to Fayetteville. I'm sorry, you about to say something, CB? 
No, I, I was agreeing with your point. I mean, I think yeah. the biggest thing you take a look at is Livingstone. Uh, they're dead last in conference in terms of stopping somebody. So uh, for that reason alone, uh, you have to go uh, have to go to Fayetteville State at home. Absolutely. Yeah. To your point, though, Jeff Roberts says Livingstone has won two games in a row. Yeah. Does that yes. give you any pause, Charles? Not quite enough as much uh, as 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 I would like for it to be. They they step up in weight class, if you will, playing Fayetteville State. So I'm gonna go with. Uh, Fayetteville State in this one. Although two, two wins, little momentum, that was impressive. Yeah, but Fayetteville State's Mike, on a four you or don't five change game. your mind any? No, Fayetteville State's on a four or five game winning streak. So mm-hmm. you can make that same argument for Fayetteville State. <laughs> to, you? to your point, Jeff Roberts, I tried to help uh, that <laughs> these guys are not feeling. Let's go into the mid-major matchup in the SIAC. It is our long top seven matchup at the mid-major level. In fact, it's top five. I like this. Columbia, South Carolina, Charlie W. Johnson Stadium, SIAC Saturday, October 14th at 4 p.m. It's on ESPN 2. Uh, it features number four, Fort Valley State Wildcats at 5-1, 5-0 that have ascended to four this week. At number one, the Benedict Tigers 6-0 and 4-0 that have just been rolling. Since last year, really, they're just coming off a huge road victory over a previous top five ranked team in Miles Golden Bears that have played really good football. Charles, with all that being said, what are your thoughts in terms of this big time match? Number four against number one. Feel free to check my sanity if I do any picking against Benedict this upcoming season. Uh, that just, just, I, I don't see a team knocking them off. And that, that is a good, a uh, good football team that they're playing on Saturday, Saturday but that defense, uh, I'm just co- continuously impressed. Uh, Hard-stopping victory at Miles because I thought if any time this season Benedict could get stopped, it was against Miles. But Luba Dentalis, I mean, him coming off the edge, you got Jaden Broughton, Dedrick Starks. I, you know, it, it's just too much. I think it's too much to overcome, especially now that you have what Tennis Berry called a program-defining win. You know, now – you know, the sky's the limit for this Benedict Tigers football team the rest of the season. Mike, what if I told you that both of these teams are undefeated in terms of conference play, Fort Valley State, the Wildcats are 5-0? and You know a little bit something about Georgia. You stayed in that area. I know a lot of it is Albany, as you like to say. But the Wildcats just lost the game goal line-wise stance. To Tuskegee, or they would actually be six and zero as well. And that game is tonight, Mike, by the way. Is there anything I can tell you that hey, to think about the Wildcats, Mike? Nice try, Doc. Really nice try. You get an E for effort. Great job. But that's not that's not going to work. Here's why. What if I told you that in terms of defense, Benedict is allowing six point six six. I say it again, six. Points a game. 6.2 points a game. The next closest club, Albany State. Defense, allowing your opponents less than – that's two field goals. That ain't even a touchdown. That is defense. I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry. Then we look at total offense. Fort Valley, Benedict, right to get right there together, scoring and averaging 37 points a game. But that defense, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. When you allowing your opponent six points, Benedict, defense allowing 50 yards of rushing per game for their opponents. Where's yeah. Fort Valley? You better add about 30 or 40 to that. Plus, you know, another Frenchy three piece to that. So statistically, no. They may be close in, in in offense to put out, but I agree with CB. The statistics do not lie. Their defense is top par, top notch. And that game is tonight, by the way. Yep. Yes. 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 I appreciate I stand corrected. I got a little excited. I have it prepared yep. to check out tonight so I can see it to see if uh, the Wildcats can do anything to make you all change your mind and I'm, uh, I'm, during I'm, the game tonight. I'm going against my father-in-law, who is a Fort Valley. I've been a couple <laughs> Fort Valley game. I'm going against my father-in-law. He gonna take me. Christmas. Christmas gonna be tough, boy. I'm about to say, you sure you are gonna show up at Thanksgiving? Now? <laughs> I, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking about Thanksgiving now, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, let's take our next break uh, as we get side of that. And again, that game is tonight. All you HBCU fans, check it out. It should be a good one. Uh, if nothing else, to see how Benedict will continue to get it done in the SIC. I know some of those Wildcat fans out there said, hold on, not so fast. We got a thing or two to prove. With that being said, those are the games and why you watch them. With that being said, stick with us. We'll be right back on the other side after this next break. As technology continues to bring changes to the world of education, it's time we also reimagine teacher professional development. Gone are the days of one-size-fits-all learning that can only be accessed at a specific time and place. The Stride PD Center is an on-demand library of mobile-friendly courses that allow educators to learn anytime and anywhere. Our dynamic courses provide bite-sized learning and help educators advance their knowledge while also gaining professional development hours. The best professional development plans are those that include a level of flexibility and choice for educators. Whether you're a teacher, school, or district, Visit us today to take charge of your learning. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay, call Cuvay. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love yeah. and who the ball, ball. So listen to Professor Yes, sir. yes sir. and pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. Yes. 
This is Dr. Bill inside the HBC Sports Lab. As the game is kicked off, put one screen with the game, turn the volume down, put our screen on, listen to us, then we'll flip up and watch it together. With that being said, let's get into the major division marching sport for the night in top seven poll rankings. In week number six, no team dropped out this week. Uh, not a lot of changes in terms that looks like, uh, but let's get into it in terms of those receiving votes. We had Howard, the Showtime Marching Band, 2-0 uh, with 132 points. North Carolina A&T, the Blue and Gold Marching Machine at 1-1, one one, as well as FAMU, the Marching 100 outside looking in at 1-1 one one, uh, as they did not go on the road to help and support their football team in Baton Rouge. Although last year, Sutton didn't come to Tallahassee. But, you know, that's a band thing. At some point, you got to be more important about supporting your team than whether the team came to you the year before. With that being said, let's get into it, the top, and see what's going on with the top seven this week in week number six. At number seven, we have the aristocrat of bands at number seven, Tennessee State, a 2-0, 133 points at number seven. Uh, you know, previously, number one was Norfolk State. The Spartans will see if they stay there. If that's the case, uh, which I can tell you in the top seven. So you have a top seven matchup as they'll get in on the road to Tennessee for homecoming against the Tigers. This is a fascinating matchup in many different ways. Cited for Tennessee State over there, getting a chance to really get the total HBCU culture. I wonder if it'll change some minds. We'll see. At number six. As we continue to move, Bethune-Cookman uh, Wildcats, as they stay at number six, 2-0, 151 points. They stay right there at number six. They slid the last couple of weeks. They need to find a way to get on the road. We'll see what they do, 151 points. Moving to number five, Mississippi Valley State, the Mean Green Marching Machine. They slid this week, 3-0, though on the season, 155 points. They were number four. But because Jackson State, the Sonic Boom of the South, moved up to number four in the rankings after their victory in the Gold Coast Challenge this past weekend, they move up a spot after improving to three and one, two and zero oh, in terms of what they're doing in the conference race. 159 points, previous rank five. They are in the mix at number three, Texas Southern the Ocean Soul, three and oh, two and zero, oh, 184 points, previous rank three. Might slide after this week, not taking the trip out there to Daytona. It would be interesting to see that matchup with the Marching Wildcats against the Ocean of Soul. Uh, the team is doing charter out there, so it did work out. We'll see what that looks like moving forward. And number two, Southern, the human jukebox of 4 0, 2 0, three first place votes, 197 points. We're not able to have a contest this past weekend, but they remain at number two. At number one, Norfolk State Spartan Legion, 4 0. Seven first place votes, 27 points. Will they be able to maintain that number one ranking as they go on the road to a top seven program mm. in the marching sport poll? Again, the aristocrat of bands, Tennessee State. I'm fascinated, if nothing else, about this matchup. But no, we got to talk about the top seven. So, Mike, I'm going to go with you. What are your thoughts in terms of the marching sport top seven poll rankings this weekend? Um, week number six. Week number six. Help help me to understand why the the jukebox is not in the top three. Why the aristocrats <laughs> are not in the top three. 
They all played, right? That's the data point. So I just need to understand why they are not in the top three. I would the even argue. Like, is- well, I would even argue that Tennessee State needs to be up higher, closer to the top five. Hmm. They've been playing up matchups. They've been off the last couple of weeks. Nothing I fault in terms of conference affiliation. Okay, but <laughs> that's not the case. That's not the case for Southern, right? Or Jackson State. Yeah, but they 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 were in the bear rankings and they had dropped a little bit the previous weeks. But Jackson State just had a matchup. They were in the Gulf Coast Classic against Alabama A&M. Yeah. They won that matchup and they actually moved up a spot. Southern was at home, so you can't so that- you can't detract from them because the team didn't come to them. I mean, obviously in the band world, this is payback because Southern didn't go to FAMU Tallahassee last year. But they at home, they they can't travel. You can't punish them for not traveling when they at home. Now next week, if they don't get on the road, they'll drop. Mm. Okay, all Texas right. Southern, they got a chance if they don't have a bad matchup. Couple of weeks, they'll drop. Understood. I I I, I I'm starting to see somewhat the logic. Don't agree with. It. <laughs> don't agree with it. <laughs> at least you start to see it. <laughs> Charles, you this man over here with all this privilege, you know what I'm saying? Some of us like you had to like you and I had to work for this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we yeah. ain't had a privilege of being the ace, you know, of being the man on campus. You know, we worked through that. We had to make folks fall in love with us. You know, all right. we had to create our own style and pathway. Charles, what do you think about the top seven? Because Mike is making me nervous right now. I did, I'm, I'm excited about the Norfolk and Tennessee State matchup, uh, especially with regards to Norfolk. If they getting on the road to go to Nashville, that's going to be fun and exciting. I love Norfolk's presentation. I love their sound. And they're going up against a real battle band. And, you know, Tennessee yeah. State, they'll be up for it because they're, they're after after this weekend, there ain't going to be too many more battles in OBC. So, uh, you know, they better make as much hay <laughs> as they can this weekend. Uh, over the next four or five weeks, Jackson State has a matchup this weekend with Alabama State. They're going to have a matchup with Mississippi Valley. They're going to have a matchup with UAPB. Texas Southern should be able to roll into Jackson. They got a bunch of uh, competitive matches coming up. So I think that's going to aid both them and Southern in terms of moving up. Texas Southern, same thing. They, they got an opportunity to keep sliding up there if they get on the road. So, you know, that's – it's going to be huge, but uh, yeah, I think, you know, we're here at the midpoint of the season, you know, things are starting to kind of shake out and these battle bands are start are mm-hmm. about to start peeking their heads out over the next four, five weeks. Yeah. To your point, Tennessee state, the best thing they could hope for is to make the playoffs and then Hampton gets hot one mm-hmm. runs to the table, wins the colonial. So they get in or Jackson state, you know, continues to win out and maybe they, them position in a position to get an at-large bid and they face up somehow uh, in the NCAA tournament. That's about the only way you're going to see another matchup. And yeah. again, my my caveat, my caveat every week, Ben, you have to be that 12th man. You can't fall asleep on third yep. down. I'm, that's, just, that's my thing. That's part of I, it. You got to, yeah, you got to get on the road. You got to travel. You got to be that corner. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
Good stuff. Good stuff. Let's get on the other side and get into some of these matchups at the major division level. That does it for week six as the Norfolk State Spartan Legion maintains the top spot in the ranking in week number six. But they put their number one ranking on the line this weekend. So keep an eye on that. That game is featured on ESPN Plus in terms of that matchup. Stick with us. We'll be back after this break. Uh, to give you an update, Fort Valley State has scored. It's 3 nothing in that matchup as we go to the break early on in that game. Stick will be right back after this break. You see, Head & Shoulders has scalp shield technology. Protects against flakes, even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. We're never not working. Number 15? That's my rub. Ooh, nice. Never not working. Never, ever, never, ever not working. Welcome, everybody, to Juneau, Alaska. I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge. Featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. T. Madden & Associates is a sophisticated and experienced law firm located in your neighborhood. We're turning injury to cash. T. Madden & Associates obtained almost $2 million for my injury. They turned my injury to cash. Now, we can't guarantee how much your injury is worth, but we've recovered millions for our clients. Call T. Madnet Associates at 833-PAID-123. That's 833-PAID-123. you're looking for the latest information on Southern University Sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. When it comes to press the analytic data with your hip-hop, if you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want to love yeah, and root about, root about. So listen to Professor Yes, sir. Yes, sir. and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. Yes. This is Dr. Bill inside the HBC Sports Lab. We're having fun in the background. We were teasing, trying to have a bet, and I guess I lost it. That Ben Tick was going to score before we came back from break after that big run. I set it up. I looked down talking about Wildcats up 3 nothing, and I'm like, ooh, wow. So – Let's get back into it, some of these key matchups, and we'll keep you updated in terms of this game here. Uh, shout out to Fort Valley, though. They're getting tough on the line. It is third and goal. We'll see what that looks like in terms of the matchup as we get into it. Um, did they get in? Do they get in? Uh, touchdown. Touchdown. Uh, yes, hands up. With that being said, yeah. we'll get into this MEAC matchup, which is a non-conference matchup. Orangeburg, South Carolina, all of us see Dawson Stadium, family, community, breast cancer awareness. Uh, we have a MEAC matchup versus a OVC Big South opponent. You mm. have Tennessee Tech, the Golden Eagles that are 1-4, 0-1 in terms of the conference race. Remember, this is a team at the end of the year played North Carolina Central, and they last match it with North Carolina Central. Got it done in a come-from-behind victory. Do that. 
They're on the road at South Carolina State. The Bulldogs are two and three, uh, won two straight. Obviously, after this game, they get into conference play. You look at my indicator in terms of of their ranking for me, they would be at number 13. That is the Bulldogs of South Carolina State. Orangeburg, South Carolina, all received all stadium family, Community Breast Cancer Awareness Day, uh, Saturday, October 14, 1230. It is on ESPN+. With that being said, said, Charles, what are your thoughts in terms of this Tennessee Tech Golden Eagles, South Carolina State Bulldogs? Uh, would this be another continuation where South Carolina State seems like they may have started to write the ship, mm-hmm. put themselves in a perfect position to go into conference play the following week? What are your thoughts in terms of this matchup? Yeah, I think the biggest thing with South Carolina State is as Corey Fields goes, so goes this team. And over the past two weeks, wins over Citadel and Virginia Lynchburg, he's thrown six touchdowns. He's been protecting the football. So they've looked good over the past uh, couple of weeks. A uh, good win over the uh, out-of-conference win over the Citadel. Uh, this is going to be an interesting matchup with Tennessee Tech. But uh, like I said, I, I think defensively, uh, Aaron Smith uh, is going to be right there in the running in terms of MEAC defensive player of the, of the year. He's playing lights-out football in uh, Offensively, what can South Carolina State do? I think we ask that question every year. Uh, but like I said, as Corey Fields goes, so goes his team. I'm looking for South Carolina State to get it done at home. Old buddy Pugh is back to his old ways. He was bigging up the Golden Eagles, Tennessee Tech, and this and that, and how his team yeah, they playing a little better, but we still looking at wounds from early losses. Mm. With that being said, Mike, what are your thoughts on this matchup between the Golden Eagles the Bulldogs. Um, I think it, it's going to build on the South Carolina State um, offense. You're playing a team that's one and four in the OVC. They average eight points a game. That's if they're weak. They're weak on the offensive side. South Carolina State. They can buckle down. Have a good defense. I think they have a solid chance in this game. If the the offensive play is solid, I think they bring the defense. You've seen what they do do against. Uh, other teams in the MEAC, but if their defense can keep keep this uh, seemingly weaker OVC team at one and four, dead last in offensive output, rushing, passing, if they can keep this team at bay, they they have a good shot at winning this game. So uh, it's a 50-50, but I, I think uh, South Carolina State has a shot at winning this one. Intriguing, intriguing. Both of y'all say the Bulldogs will find a way to get it done. Let's get into the SWAC. SWAC major division game of the week goes to Grambling, Louisiana. It is homecoming. Retiring the field with Shaq. Name going on there and and Doug in terms of that matchup. (laughs) Saturday, October 14th, 4 o'clock p.m. You get a chuckle. You must be thinking about some of the stuff that's out there in the atmosphere about the concerns of the field being named after Doug. One Ken Rashad says not so fast, my friends. That was intriguing. Very intriguing there. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Even though I will shout out, he made some points on there. Made some great uh, points. When you, to me, when you're going to make points like that, you truly have to be on point with all your facts because what happens, people will pick apart your facts versus uh, what you're trying to get across. And one of those things is, is saying that Gramlin gave Doug his start as a head coach. He actually started as a head coach at Morehouse. Yes. Maroon Tigers before he came over and got the first stand at Grambling. Uh, go ahead. Brings up an interesting point, though. I, I I would think, though, 
that at some point, I mean, Paul Tank Younger, I mean, my goodness, Willie Davis, uh, I, I was just under the assumption that there had been something done for those gentlemen in regards to their contributions uh, beyond Grant. Yeah, I, I, I would agree that he made a great point in terms of them needing the accolades, whether it was on the field or something else. I will say this, that we do have to be mindful because, unfortunately, they've waited so long. Yeah. Uh, when you're going to make a point of naming something after an individual of that magnitude, one of the things that you got to check with is with their family. Mm. You don't want to make the mistake of making the naming and don't get the family involved. So I don't know where they are in terms of the relationship with their family, whether it's been thought about from that perspective. So I think that's something that needs to be considered when you're going to make those decisions uh, that you just don't name anything after an individual of that magnitude without making sure that their family supports it. Um, and so that's another thing to think about as well. With that being said, let's get on to what's going on in the field. Be interesting to see is Grambling has been hot. They've won a couple of their last band battles with Alabama AM and get back on the road and head to Louisiana for this matchup in terms of the band battle since we were talking about marching sport. If not, you do have a top 10. Top 10 uh, major division matchup this week. It features in the indicator. A number 10 Alabama AM Bulldogs that has failed to number 10 after their loss on the road in Mobile uh, for that Gulf Coast Classic Challenge there. They fall to 3-3, three 1-2 and three, one and two overall. They're at number 6, Grammar State Tigers 3-3. Three and three. They also failed uh, after a tough road loss to the Braves during their homecoming. So they're three and three, two and one on the season. This is again Eddie G. Robinson Memorial Stadium, uh, four o'clock kickoff. It'd be fascinating to see what it looks like in this matchup. Both of these teams want to get a win under their belt again after just taking tough losses. So with that being said, sticking with you, Mike, what are your thoughts of this matchup between Alabama A and M and Grambling? <clears throat> At face value, to be honest, I give the edge to Grambling if it's the Grambling that beat PV, TSU show up. Miles Crawley, uh, quarterback for Grambling State, has a solid game. Um, uh, Grambling's defense has been a little suspect, and discipline-wise, they've lost, you know, they've lost it or been not been consistent uh, over the course of several games. But if it's that Grambling, that beat PV, that beat Texas Southern, and Miles Crawley has a nice game, you, you look at on the offensive side, they're scoring 32 points a game. They do have when they, they can play when they decide to play, when they realize that we're in the football game. So I, I you know, rushing, you got Chance Williams, who's number two or three in the SWAC and rushing. I give the edge at home to Grambling on that momentous occasion that for those very reasons. Yep, as you talk about. Crawley, he had three interceptions. One of them probably wasn't his fault. You may argue yep. two, uh, but he probably wants to bounce back. The other part of this is the East-West matchup, Charles, that you always remind us that is heavily weighted to the East over the last couple of years and trending in that direction this year. A little closer this far, uh, but in the first year it was early on close as well. We'll see if that maintains. Uh, and then you have the fact that both of these teams have losses. It probably looks like the Bulldogs are outside of 
of being able to make it up. But the fact is, they do have family ahead of them. So if family stuffs that toe, then they got a little room, and they certainly need this matchup. But you talk about the West, you know how deep it is. You have four teams with one loss. You even have Texas Southern uh, with only two losses, with, and yeah. as well as Pine Bluff for that fact. So yeah. not a lot of room for error for Grambling. What direction are you going in terms of this matchup when you look at not only – in terms of those things, East versus West, as well as the Western Division, where are you going on this matchup in terms of all those factors? Well, I take a look at a lot of things. I think Mike touched on it in regards to the play of Miles Crowley. Uh, it needs to be a bounce-back game for him. I think going into the Alcorn game, he only had one interception on the season, but uh, two interceptions last week against uh, Alcorn. Three interceptions, if I'm not mistaken, uh, against Alcorn. So it has to be a big bounce-back game for Miles Crowley. Uh, and then the, the second part of it is, it's Grambling's homecoming. Uh, they got to put on a show, and especially when them Grambling football alumni come back, you know, the eyes be all on top of the team in, in that regard. So uh, you definitely want to see a big bounce back against Alabama a and And then the thing I take a look at with Alabama A&M is uh, quarterback play, crisis of confidence. I mean, uh, Quincy Casey gets to start last week, uh, doesn't have a good out, and he's pulled for Xavier Langford. Uh, what impressed me last week, at least about Alabama A&M, is the fight that they showed after being thirty down thirty-five to seven at halftime, and they seemed to really get some things going against Jackson State in the second half. Uh, but are we going to see the Alabama A&M team? And uh, that for that reason, uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Grambling in this one. I, I think it's a bounce-back game. This is an explosive offense, a lot of playmakers: Floyd Chalk, Chance Williams, uh, Lyndon Rash is probably one of the most uh, elusive receivers. Like, he constantly finds. Uh, gaps and defenses and whatnot with regards to Grambling's receiving core. So if you're just looking at playmakers, I, I got to go with Grambling because I have not seen what I thought I was going to see with Alabama a and and that was this running game with Donovan Eagle. He is, okay. just has yet to get off the seat. Good stuff, good stuff there. If we can, I want to pull up the matchup rankings uh, and get into that last slide here. Uh, you have your front rows. As you see in the front seat here, we talked a little bit about this on Sunday, but I want to go back in now. I think it's the perfect time, at least for these two teams, because they really uh, have been uh, above everybody else in a lot of ways. And one thing is both of them happen to be off this weekend, open in terms of their schedule. Um, in a lot of ways, FAMU is at the halfway mark, midterm grades, if you would, in terms of what that looks like. Uh, same with Central, except for the fact that they hadn't even started conference play, but that's the back end, last five games of the season. Going back to you, Charles, in terms of this, uh, do you see these teams clearly as the front runner? Uh, and what are some things that will concern you about either or both programs as they close, try to close out the season to get that elusive bid to for the fan view? Swag championship game and then the celebration bowl and obviously in the MEAC straight to the celebration. Yeah, I think definitely these teams are the front runners. Uh, if there's a red flag for me, at least with FAMU, uh, it's their rushing attack. Uh, and and you got to pack a running game, especially when you go on the road. And I, I pointed to this matchup coming out to Houston, taking on Texas Southern team. Texas Southern's record is not indicative of the talent that I think that they have on the team. And that could be an interesting game to watch. 
but I, I think they're definitely the front runners. With regards to North Carolina Central, uh, you get into playoff football over the next few weeks, especially getting into MEAC play. And all those all those teams are going to be coming for North Carolina Central. There is no room to stub your toe in MEAC. Uh, so what they put out on, on film thus far, they have looked tremendous. But I do think uh, once you get into conference play, you know, the margin of error is still very thin. So they just have no room to stub their toe. To Charles's point, last year Central got a major break because they actually lost to South Carolina State Bulldogs, and the yep. Bulldogs fell off the map literally, uh, which allowed them to run the table the rest of the way in the conference and represent the conference. And boy, did they! But with that being said, um, that's not something I think will happen often uh, in terms of the MIAC when you talk about a five-game conference schedule, as Charles alluded to, also. In many ways, it's like a mini playoffs. Mm -hmm. Do you see these two at the front runner? And when you think about Charles' comment, uh, can anybody get it done? Can Howard rise up? That game is in D.C. against the Eagles in terms of them being the leader of the pack coming out of the media. You talking to me? Or that, you, right? you, that was me? Yes. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Uh, I guess, if I, yes, I think these two are the front runners, without question. If there's anything that makes me scratch my head it's, it's, or, or think about it, I think I look at FAMU, and I said this on one of your shows earlier, in the game against Southern, they showed some fallacies. They showed some kinks in the armor. Um, Southern's defense, defensive line, um, had a field day with FAMU. Also, you look at statistically, I think uh, CB alluded to this. It's hard to stay number one when you're 10th in the squack and rushing, but number one in passing. It's hard to stay that way. So what's going to happen with that? So those are not that not that they can't, but things that make you go, hmm, uh, on a, you know, any given day, can, you know, can they catch the wrong SWAC West team? I say wrong swag team, maybe an Alcorn, maybe a, a part of you, you know, that that can definitely that has a really good day. So with North Carolina Central, um, I think they were suspect to me the, uh, that that sudden punch in the mouth from South Carolina State. South Carolina State, for some reason, I'm not a MEAC expert, but summarize that defense, they play them tough and they will hit them in the mouth. Historically, they have done it. So that's not as much of a concern as what I say with the FAMU team that I've seen there. I saw kinks in the armor when they played Southern, even though they were on the road. They may play better at home. I get it, but but still, number ten. That being number tenth in the swack and rushing, but number one in passing. Eh, that 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 that's that's too much of an imbalance for me. Good stuff. Good stuff. Randy King is checking us out. Silas Edward McMorris, uh, Edward D. Morris in the house. Jeff Roberts giving them some love. Theron Waters, Wendy Jenkins Bishop, G. Boom Holly. And the rest of y'all lab listeners, appreciate you showing up and showing out. With that being said, thank you for listening inside the HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Neonicaville, the dean of HBC Sports, coming from inside the lab in the college of HBC Sports with Mike Watch and Charles Bishop. Again, we want to thank you for listening, Dr. Bill's inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Watch and Charles Bishop every Tuesday and Thursday right here at 6 o'clock Central Standard Time. Uh, 
We also look forward to you on Sunday at 9 o'clock as we get you ready for the weekend and tell you what took place on Saturday. We look forward uh, to this weekend as we discuss the latest news in the lab and let you know what took place again this overall weekend. Follow me, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. <clears throat> That's on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Inside the HBC Sports Lab, we on Twitter. Inside the HBC Sports Lab on Facebook and YouTube. Dream big. Continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Charles? Of course. Mike? Lecture. Dismissed.